Welcome to another episode of Search News You Can Use with me, Dr. Marie Haynes. This episode was recorded on Tuesday, June 19th, 2018, and we're going to talk about a number of things that have happened in the world of SEO over the uh, the last week or so. Um, this has been one of the biggest newsletters that I've put out. Google has made a bunch of little announcements. Uh, we're going to talk a bit about Web Lite, which I thought was a new thing, but actually isn't, but I think it's something we should pay attention to. We'll talk a little bit more about mobile-first indexing and um, about Google uh, reminding us again to switch to HTTPS uh, and a number of other things. So follow along and um, we'll see. Hopefully I'll be able to keep you up to date uh, with what's happened in this week. As a reminder, if you want to see all of this information on the web, you can go to mariehaines.com slash newsletter and uh, the latest episode will be at the top of the list there. Um, and you can see all of this plus more. I didn't actually cover everything from my newsletter in this podcast um, as there's just too much to cover this this uh, week. So you'll see it all in the newsletter. So let's talk first about algorithm updates. And um you know, for the last few weeks, it's been relatively quiet. And then there have been some moderately significant updates, I'd say, in the last little while. So June 8th of uh, 2018, it looks like this was probably a small quality update. I know uh, Glenn Gabe had tweeted that he saw a lot of sites that um, surged or dropped that potentially had quality issues. Um, James Patterson on Twitter had uh, theorized that um, this uh, algorithm update was targeting sites with thin and duplicate content. That kind of sounds like a panda thing. Uh, it's hard to say, and it's hard these days to distinguish, is this a panda update or is this a general quality update? Because there's a lot of overlap. Um, I have a couple of sites in my Google Analytics list that see some changes, um, mostly improvements on June 8th, but there wasn't really enough for me to even take screenshots of. Um, so to me, this seems like a small update, but we'll see. Uh, there was also potentially an update on June 16th. Now, as I record this, that was just three days ago. It's a little bit early to say, you know, what is this involving? Um, I do seem to have more emails in my inbox about um, traffic drops than I usually do. So that usually is an indication that this may be a significant update. I think, though, that this can be connected to... Um, basically uh, something that Google did where they're actually handing out more manual actions this week. Um, so a manual action, for those of you who are not familiar, is where somebody from Google's web spam team takes the time to actually physically look at your website. Um, this is not an automated thing. This is not an algorithmic thing. It's where somebody looks at your website and usually at your links and makes the decision that, wow, this site has really, really been trying to manipulate Google with uh, building links. And the links can be because you've paid for links. They don't always have to be paid. If you've been doing wide-scale article marketing, um, you know, under the guise of content marketing, you have to be really careful because that can, can get you a manual action. So when you get a manual action, you'll be able to see that in Google Search Console. So you can go to the old version of Google Search Console, not beta. Go to Search traffic and manual actions. And I always find it humorous. Well, I don't know if humorous is the word, but I find it interesting 
interesting that there seems to be this extra pause before it displays uh, whether or not you have a manual action. It's like it's building up the suspense, or maybe I'm just too geeky, and uh, I might be the only person in the world who gets suspenseful looking at the manual actions viewer in Search Console. Um, but for most sites, you're going to see uh, something that says no manual actions. Um, however, on... Um, what was the date now? It was over the last weekend, anyhow. Uh, there were um, a bunch of manual actions that went out for unnatural links. I haven't personally been contacted by any of these site owners, but I'm a part of a few discussion groups uh, where um, people are talking about getting these actions. And uh, I think that it's possible that um, some of these are Google has discovered some private blog networks. I had a couple of people send me links to some places, some black hat services where you can actually buy links, kind of like the old text link ads. Um, some of you will remember that where you can, you know, you could pay a very small fee and then uh, this company would basically be a broker where they would uh, contact sites um, and get them to place links for money, which is totally against Google's guidelines. Um, now, what I find is interesting is when Google gives out manual actions, it's always because there's a type of link that they're having a hard time uh, determining algorithmically whether it's an issue. And um, so who knows? I mean, uh, why did they not just algorithmically demote these links? It might be something new that they're working on. So if you did get a manual action, it's something to pay attention to. I have seen sites with manual actions make nice recoveries, but I have to say that in most cases, when you get a manual action for unnatural links, it's not good news. Um, what happens is that uh, it's not like when you disavow those links or you get rid of those links that you're going to start to regain the uh, link equity that used to flow through them. You've basically lost everything that was propping you up in rankings. So unless you already had a good search presence to start with, and really, if you did, you probably don't need to buy links. Um, this is really, really bad news. So you don't want to be getting a manual action. Um, I thought it was interesting. I tweeted on the weekend uh, that I'm hearing rumors of waves of, of wave of manual actions going out. And John Mueller uh, from Google replied to me saying, I haven't been paying attention to the World Cup today. Who got a penalty? So, you know, I think that was John. John has a funny sense of humor. Um, and I love it, John. Uh, I think that that's John's way of... Uh, confirming that, yes, Google did give out some manual actions. Um, so hopefully you weren't affected by that. Let's talk a little bit about this web light. So there was an announcement by Google this week saying that we could now see web light stats in Google Search Console. And uh, I thought that this was a new thing. So, But it's actually been around for several years. So what it is, is for when people are on a very, very slow data connection, um, mostly in other countries. So for example, uh, let's say in India, there are not a lot of people with, you know, you don't have 4G or LTE connections all the time. Um, and so there were a lot of areas where the best they can get is maybe 2G um, or even worse. And so a lot of websites just won't load well on that type of connection, especially now. I mean, we, we have so many bells and whistles on our websites. Uh, and, and so not everybody has switched to AMP. Um, and so what Google has done is they've taken your content if somebody from a, a country where there's a, a low uh, data connection is trying to access your content, Google has taken your content, has hosted it themselves in a way that um, it 
sometimes, I don't think it strips out images, but it's able to uh, compress the images perhaps so that they load faster. Um, it's almost like a mini version of AMP, except it's already done for you. And uh, and then those people in other countries or in areas where the data connection is poor um, can see your content. So when I looked at my site um, for mariehaines.com, I actually saw this these stats appearing in Search Console uh, as of April, I believe. And I actually did have quite a few people that were uh, looking at my website on uh, WebLite. So that tells me a couple of things. One is that I have people who are potentially fans from other countries, um, you know, and that's a that's an exciting thing. Um, but number two, I have to take a look at these pages on my website and see, can I do something to load them faster? Um, you know, I don't want Google to have to serve up my content. Uh, and so there's a lot of discussion on the web about this. You know, is this really fair for Google to take my content? Um, apparently, you can do something to get Google Analytics on web light pages. But these pages that Google's reporting on in Search Console, they won't appear as traffic in my Google Analytics, as far as I understand. Um, and so people are talking about the ethics of uh, basically Google hosting all of our content. Um, you can opt out of WebLite. I really don't see a reason to do that unless you're, you know, super conspiracy theorist about uh, Google taking over the world. Um, really what I see is, you know, these people wouldn't have been on my website if it wasn't for this WebLite. And so, yes, I need to improve some speed issues on uh, these pages, most likely. Um, but for now, I'm, I'm okay with it. So we're going to pay attention to that. And, um, you know, we'll see what, uh, what comes out of it. Um, Google gave us some more information on mobile-first indexing. And this is a really big deal. And, you know, I feel like I talk about it all the time. And I've probably said everything that needs to be said about it. Um, but there are some points that uh, people are still getting confused. So, again, for those who are new to listening to this, mobile-first indexing is where Google gets all of their information from the mobile version of your site and not the desktop version. For a lot of sites, your mobile version and your desktop are going to be exactly the same. So this is not a big deal. But there's a couple of points that Google raised that probably not everybody is aware of. One thing is that you might see an increased crawl rate in the time period where Google is about to move you over to mobile first indexing. And um, that's kind of a neat thing. You can look at that in Google Search Console and see, you know, if your crawl rate uh, for mobile is increasing, maybe you're going to be moved over to mobile first indexing. Um, and just as a point of interest, the crawl stats in Search Console are now showing uh, the most recent date. It's up to date within a couple of days because uh, they had been stuck on May 23rd for a while. Um, the other thing to know is that uh, Google had said before that once you get moved over to mobile first indexing, you will actually, uh, if you look at the cache, version of your pages, which you can do by typing in cache, C-A-C-H-E, colon, and then whatever page you want to look at. Um, they had said that the cached version would show the mobile version. But now if you look at a site that's been moved to mobile first indexing and you try to look at the cache page, what you're going to see is a 404 error. Um, this is a bug. Google's aware of it. Uh, they say they're working on it, but I don't know what kind of priority it's going to be. Those of you who use the Google Search Console API, it's very exciting. Now we have access to 16 months of data. So we had that 16 months of data in the new Search Console. We've had that for a number of months now, um, but now it's finally come to the API. So uh, that is exciting news uh, for those of you who are using that. 
Google put out another tweet uh, encouraging people to switch to HTTPS if you haven't already um, and reminding people that in July of 2018, they're going to mark HTTP sites, all of them, as not secure. Right now, that only happens when somebody starts to type something into a form on an HTTP site. Uh, and there will be a little thing in the um, upper left of uh, your browser bar uh, that basically says not secure. Um, I don't know whether HTTPS is going to become more of a ranking factor. Um, it is a ranking factor now, but it's such a tiny ranking factor uh, that, you know, it's, it's hard to justify switching just for the ranking factor or the ranking boost. Um, still, I think that most sites should be HTTPS. Uh, certainly, if you're starting a new site, you want to start up on HTTPS. I've talked about that a lot in the past, so we won't go any further on that for today. Um, there is some. There are some rumors of links disappearing from your Google Search Console link count. So if you try to see your links in the old version of Google Search Console, you may be noticing that that number is decreasing. The question is whether that's a uh, a bug on Google's side, whether Google is perhaps dropping out uh, links that are not important and only showing us the important links, um, or whether it's perhaps connected to the manual actions. Uh, I haven't dug into this deeply yet, but um, if you are noticing that you have fewer links showing in Search Console than you did, say, last week, uh, this is why. So I don't know the exact reason, but it's something that uh, I think we probably don't need to worry about it. Good news from Bing. Uh, Bing is about to support AMP and also JSON-LD. Um, so that's exciting because those are uh, both, you know, the way of the future. And so um, there's some information in the newsletter. Uh, Glenn Gabe has given us uh, a, lo a look into what the JSON-LD debugging tool looks like for Bing. Um, and it looks like it's quite helpful. So uh, if you are using, so JSON-LD is primarily for schema. Um, and I know when I first started learning about it, it sort of went over my head. It seemed like it was very complicated stuff. It actually isn't. Um, and if you have a WordPress site, there are good plugins that you can use to implement JSON-LD. Uh, it's definitely something that if you use any schema markup at all, so I'm talking about the types of things to get like review stars or um, things like that, then uh, you should really, really look into using JSON-LD. Uh, Google announced a new search feature that um, is uh, geared towards U.S. college students. And what it's doing is giving you information such as the average cost, graduation rates for different colleges. And uh, this is significant for, um, I know I've worked in the past with some sites that that was their main business model, was helping students to figure out which college they wanted to go to. Um, and again, I mean, if your business model is something that Google can steal from you, then you might be in a little bit of danger. Um, so this is, uh, I, I haven't seen this in the wild yet, but um, it's something that uh, is now appearing in right in the search results. So, um, you know, if you're looking for information on colleges, then Google's got you covered, apparently. Um, let's see what else we'll talk about here. Oh, um, somebody had asked whether AMP pages could cause duplicate content. Now, for most of you, this is an obvious, uh, you know, there, it's a no-brainer in terms of the answer, but I did think that there are some people that are confused about this. So the reason why the question came up is that 
Um, AMP pages are essentially exactly the same as uh, what the desktop page or the actual mobile version of a page is um, in terms of content. And that's the way it should be. So if you've set things up properly, Google will recognize that, oh, this is just, it's almost like a canonical. The canonical is the desktop uh, in most cases. And the AMP is just another version. Um, and Google will recognize that, oh, this is the same as your desktop content. It's not like they're going to be saying that you have duplicate at content all over your site. So you don't need to, to worry about that. Um, I found this interesting from a Hangout. Somebody asked uh, why they keep seeing 404 pages. Uh, they keep seeing Google crawl their 404 pages. And John Mueller said that Google will come back when they see a 404. So that's a page that um, is giving a, a, a server header basically that's saying, look, this page is gone. So you would think that Google would just ignore it and not come back to it. But 404, Google will still come back and visit that several times because it's possible it was an accident. They don't want to just throw pages out of the index because maybe somebody put a, a 404 on it. Um, so if you're seeing lots of 404 pages, it can take months sometimes for, um, for those to basically get out of the index. Uh, John has said in the past that if you can serve a 410, that can get pages removed more quickly. And of course, if you're just trying to remove from the index a, a couple of pages, you can use the URL removal tool, which is in uh, Google Search Console. Somebody asked a question about uh, they received a sudden influx of adult type links pointing at their website. And I see this type of um, confusion all the time. So the answer, whenever Google's asked about this, and the question is, do you need to disavow those links? Assuming that you're not an adult website. Um, so if you have, you know, just a regular business website, and all of a sudden you look at your links and you're seeing all of these adult anchors. Um, I mean, that's not a nice thing to see, right? Uh, the thing is, though, in most cases, it really, really doesn't make a difference. Um, you know, if somebody's trying to do negative SEO by pointing adult links at your site, in most cases, Google's really, really good at just figuring out that, oh, you didn't build those to try to manipulate your Google rankings. That's just some weird thing that's happening. And then they'll just ignore those links. Um, John did, he always says, you know, if it makes you feel better, then you could disavow. Uh, where I would disavow is if you're a site that's already kind of on the edge in terms of link quality. So if you know, if you have a history of maybe you had a manual action in the past, or perhaps you uh, hired an SEO company and you're worried that you could get a manual action in the future, then um, I think it's possible that this influx of adult links could sort of put the other links on Google's radar. So that is a situation where I would want to uh, disavow those links. It's kind of a pain. Um, in a lot of cases, I mean, you can just quickly add domains to your disavow file, uh, but when they keep coming in on a, you know, a daily basis, that's something that can really take a lot of time. Um, so uh, again, in most cases, I really wouldn't worry about it. I thought this was interesting. Bill Sebald asked, uh, um, uh, or actually commented on Twitter, that uh, if you see the keyword of OK Google in your um, Google Search Console queries, that that means that people are searching with voice. 
so John Mueller said that usually you shouldn't be seeing the OK Google in uh, your search console results. And if you see that, that's somebody who uh, basically said the phrase twice. Um, so those of you who have Google Homes or use your Google Assistant, uh, I, this happens to me all the time. We At my house, we have a pretty poor Wi-Fi. Um, we live out in the country and, and we're hoping to get uh, uh, gig speed internet soon, but it's not happening. Um, and so sometimes, you know, we'll, we'll ask Google something and I'll say, okay, Google. And then I wait and I see that the Google home hasn't uh, woken up yet. And I'll say it again. Okay, Google, tell me what time it is or, you know, something like that. And uh, I wonder if I triggered anybody's homes. Hopefully that's, uh, that's one of my dreams is to be able to do that. It's a pretty geeky dream. Um, the point is that uh, if you're seeing that in your search console results, it means that um, somebody is is basically said the phrase twice. Uh, I, it's not really that important. I actually looked at a bunch of clients to see if I could find instances of people saying OK Google or even Hey Google, uh, and uh, I could not. Um, in, in I mean, I looked at maybe four clients that. I know have voice queries, um, and I know that because they uh, own a bunch of featured snippets. So um, interesting thing. So if you are seeing lots of that, I'd love for you to share that with me, uh, and and uh, it'd be interesting to look into that type of situation. Um, one of the things that uh, was brought up in a Hangout is whether translated content is considered duplicate content. And the answer to this depends on how well it's translated. And even then, um, let's let's step back a bit. There are basically two ways to translate content. You can have human translators. So if you had content that was in English and then you wanted to produce a Spanish or a German version of your content, um, and then you had somebody who was a native uh, Spanish or German speaker actually translate the content, that's totally fine. It's not going to be considered duplicate content by Google. Where you run into problems, though, is if you try to use an auto-translator, even Google Translate, um, it's not good enough uh, and it doesn't produce, I, I've seen it, I've reviewed sites that uh, have this horribly translated content that no English speaker would ever want to um, to read. Uh, and so if you're trying to auto-translate content, that can actually trigger either a penalty or an algorithmic filter. Um, in the Quality Raiders guidelines, it talks about this being the lowest quality type of content, content that's auto-translated. So you really don't want to uh, to do that. Um, let's see what else we'll talk about here. We're almost near the end. Um, this was an interesting study. Jonathan Green did this study on looking at some of the large publishers that no followed their outgoing links. So most of you will probably remember a few months ago, gosh, it might be almost a year ago now, uh, Forbes and Huffington Post and I think Inc., maybe entrepreneur, some of those big publishers started to no-follow the outbound links from the majority of the parts of their site. And so what this study looked at was how did their traffic do after no-following these links? It really shouldn't change, right? I mean, Google has said in the past that uh, outbound links coming from your website are not a ranking factor. The interesting thing, though, is from this study, it looks like every single one of these sites saw a drop in search traffic after no following their outbound links. So I've always maintained that 
it does help with rankings um, to have outbound links to authoritative places. And it makes sense to me. And if I, I wrote an article on a topic and I've um, carefully sought out citations, medical, you know, if it's appropriate, medical references, I link to the official organization that's in charge of this type of thing. Like those are things that are valuable to people. Um, so I do like to include outbound links. Now, you don't want to do it just for the sake of having a link on the page. Um, the idea is that if there's something that's going to be helpful to people, then you want to link to that. And I would want to link, I know, see, some people don't want to link with a followed link because they're worried about leaking their page rank out and they want to keep their page rank to themselves. I honestly think that the whole page rank uh, algorithm and the way that that's calculated is drastically different than when it first came out. Uh, and so anyways, it's something that would be good to do more studies on. I think it would not be too difficult to set up a study uh, where you have pages with outbound links and pages without. I think I've actually seen that just recently, actually. Anyways, I'm babbling. But um, my point is, don't be afraid to put followed outbound links on your website. And if you're afraid of getting, you know, an unnatural links outbound links penalty uh, and you've no followed all of your links, that's really not um, a good idea. You only want to no follow links that are uh, to uh, maybe if they're paid links, if they point to areas that you just really don't trust, or maybe if they point to a competitor and you don't want to improve their page rank. Um, But in most cases, you want to use a followed link. It was also an interesting discussion on social signals and whether they affect SEO. And this is another, this is like the whole subdomains versus subfolders argument uh, where SEOs have very strong opinions on it. The general consensus is that when you post on social, so I'm talking about, you know, if you have a post that goes viral on Facebook, is that that's not going to help your organic rankings. Um, Andy Drinkwater posted uh, a pretty neat uh, graph where he says that all that they did for this one client was start to get social activity to a particular page. And then you could see that this page uh, started improving dramatically. I think that in some cases, social signals can speak to your EAT. So I talk a lot about EAT. EAT is expertise, authoritativeness, and trust. And um, if you, uh, if people are talking about your business on social in a, in a large, you know, large scale way and assuming that it's positive talk, I think that that can speak to your EAT. And we know that EAT is a ranking factor. So I don't want you to all go out and try to manipulate social and buy 2,000 likes for your, every post that you have. Um, but if you can legitimately get people talking about your brand, then that's something that can help in multiple ways. Um, Let's see here. There's, uh, oh, so Google My Business uh, announced this new agency dashboard, which sounds awesome. It sounds like uh, what you can do is you can, um, if you're an SEO agency, you can, now you don't have to, you know, log into individual um, profiles and you can have everything all in one dashboard. The problem is it's an absolute nightmare. So Joy Hawkins, who's known as, you know, one of the best in terms of local SEO, uh, she's tweeting that um, she said, migrating to the new Google My Business agency dashboard is a nightmare. Uh, If you have existing agency and haven't attempted to get one yet, don't bother. Save yourself the headache. So I'm going to hold off on that for now. Um, I thought this was interesting. In the knowledge panel now, Google is showing return policy for a lot of websites. And the reason why I think this is interesting 
is that this is actually in the quality raters guidelines. It asks the raters to check whether it's very obvious what the return or exchange policy is for this website. So if you're the type of website that um, could be dealing with uh, returns or exchanges, I think it's important to have a page. Uh, I would probably link to it from your footer that just says exchange policy, and I would link to it with a followed link. Uh, we want Google to find this information um, because I think that that speaks to the trust of your business. And so that's a part of EAT, and that's uh, something that um, you want to do everything you can to show Google that you are a trustworthy, valid, legitimate business. And one last thing, uh, Google My Business has a new attribute that you can add if you are a place that's good for watching sports. So I think they brought this in just in time for the World Cup. Uh, so if you do SEO for any sort of restaurant or bar or a place where there are big TVs and you want to watch sports, then uh, you can add this as an attribute and it will appear in um, uh, searches where people are trying to figure out where they want to watch the game. Um, so that's something to pay attention to. And uh, that's all we have. <laughs> all we have. This is probably the longest podcast version that uh, I've done. Um, again, if you want to reach me, you can reach me at mariehaines.com slash contact, um, or you can just email me at marie at mariehaines. And uh, mostly what we are doing uh, this week is doing site reviews. We have a bunch of sites that either have lost traffic or just want to have more traffic. And so we're um, analyzing those sites in the eyes of Google's Quality Raters Guidelines, uh, in the eyes of technical SEO and also looking at how they compare to competitors and uh, we're pretty proud of the reports that we produce so if you're um, one thing I wanted to add is that we're developing a new system where we can do these reviews faster so we take uh, our whole team and we sit down with one site in one day and we spend the entire day looking at this website and our team uh, brainstorms on you know why is this site maybe not as good as competitors. What could we do to improve the user engagement? Um, just uh, lots and lots of things like that. So if you're interested in having us review your site, then uh, reach out to me and uh, I'd be happy to give you a quote. And that's all I've got for this week. So um, I wish you guys the best of luck with your rankings and we'll talk soon.